I love my Blendjet 2 Portable. I make breakfast smoothies in the morning with just some almond milk, frozen fruit, yogurt, and I can walk out the door with breakfast in hand in less than a minute. It's so easy to clean up and you get to see the cool little water tornado it makes when you rinse out whatever you just blended. Blendjet 2 is portable, so you can blend up a smoothie at work, you can do a protein shake at the gym, or even a margarita on the beach. It's small enough to fit in a cup holder, but powerful enough to blast through tough ingredients like ice and frozen fruit with ease. Blendjet 2 is whisper quiet, so you can make your morning smoothie without waking up your entire house. It lasts for 15 plus blends and recharges so quickly via USB-C. And best of all, Blendjet 2 cleans itself. You just blend water with a drop of soap and you are good to go. If they have it in a certain color, will you get it? Well, you're in luck because Blendjet has more than 30 colors and patterns to choose from. You should definitely check out the Disney prints. They are very cute. I need a Buzz Lightyear one. What are you waiting for? Go to Blendjet.com and grab yours today. Be sure to use the promo code GRUESOME12 to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. No other portable blender on the market comes close to the quality, power, and innovation of the Blendjet 2. They guarantee you'll love it or your money back. Blend anytime, anywhere with the Blendjet 2 Portable Blender. Go to Blendjet.com and use the promo code GRUESOME12 to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. Shop today and get the best deal ever. Welcome to Gruesome, your horrific true crime podcast. I am Connie, along with roller derby team captain Meg. And today she is going to tell us all about Reagan Tokes. Did you know I did roller derby for a little bit? Yeah, I did. And then you just okay. said that you cleaned out the barn to roller skate in. And I was like, I'm very excited to take my roller skates out. Uh, I was never team captain, though. I was never good. So. Team captain in my heart. Doesn't matter what they say on paper. <laughs> team captain of your heart. Oh, no, I just have that thing in my brain where I'm like, oh, that'll be fun. Let's do that. And then just do it. That's called ADHD. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that to tell out. you this, man. <laughs> I hate to tell you this, but <laughs> you don't hate to tell me. You love to tell me. I love to uh, tell you. All right, so we're going over to Connie's state today in Ohio. Was your last episode about Ohio too? Yeah, dude, it was. We're just hanging out in Ohio this month. Oh, eight. <laughs> I said early. Oh, H. Because yeah, it's like the Ohio State thing that they say. I'm an Ohio say transplant. O-H? Yeah, and then like that's how that's like O H, and then someone's like I O, like for Ohio State. Oh, okay. The Ohio State. That's trademark now, so you got to say it like that. <laughs> okay, I'll th- I'll keep that in mind with, during this episode because we're we're going to go to Ohio State in this episode. In early 2017, the German village of Columbus, Ohio, considered a relatively safe community, was suddenly hit with a string of robberies and assaults. One of the robbery victims was 68-year-old Josie Marple. Josie had entered her garage and was about to get into her car when she just got that gut feeling that someone was in the room with her. That is the scariest feeling. Scariest. Like, 
so I have this hook on the back of my car seat and I hang my purse on it when I get into my car so I have somewhere to put it. But when I stop, it like hits the back of my chair and I <laughs> always think it's someone behind me. It's been there for years and I'm still like, ah, who's in my back seat? It's awful. I hate that feeling. And to Josie's horror, when she turned around, there was a figure lurking in the shadows. A hoodie was pulled over their eyes. They had a mask covering the lower part of their face. The intruder rushed at her and began beating on her as she fell to the ground. It seemed as though the assailant was trying to get into her car, and Josie just started screaming at the top of her lungs, and while she was screaming and covering herself, the attacker fled. Julianne Beattie reported a similar attack. She had just gotten back from a weekend trip. She was unloading her car. She opened the trunk, and as she was about to pull out her luggage, she felt something cold against the back of her head. She turned around and came face to face with the barrel of a gun. The assailant told her to hand over her bag or he would kill her. And Julianne instinctively let out a high-pitched scream. And the attacker pistol-whipped her glasses off her face, which that would piss me off. But then he grabbed her bag and just took off running. So he stole her luggage. Julianne's description matched Josie's. They both described their attacker as a tall man in a hooded sweatshirt and a mask. Julianne's attack was on was the fifth case reported in the area. So they both had these, but all in all, there were five instances. On January 24th, 2017, a woman was held at Knife Point on Brook Street and had $3 taken. On January 27th, several gift cards were stolen from a woman on South 18th Street. On February 1st, $20 was taken from a man on East Broad Street. On February 2nd, a man was forced to drive to an ATM and withdraw $500. The assailant had a gun. On the 6th of February, Julianne was pistol whipped on her street and her bag had $38 in it when he took it. And on February 7th, a woman was mugged um, and her bag and purse were taken. On February 8th, Reagan Tokes, a 21-year-old psychology student, received a call from her dad. She was about to start her shift at a restaurant near the Ohio State University campus in Columbus, Ohio, where she worked part-time as a server. She told him that she couldn't talk for long, but promised that after she got off of work, she would give him a call. That was pretty routine for her. She usually got out a little after 9.30, and security cameras showed Reagan walking out the back door shortly before 9.45. She stepped out with her bag, slung over her shoulder, and began to walk toward her vehicle, which was usually parked on a side street. That was the last time Reagan was seen, and her father, Toby Tokes, never heard from her again. Reagan Delaney Tokes was born on March 13, 1995 in Edgewood, Kentucky to her parents, Toby and Lisa. Reagan, along with her younger sister, Mackenzie, were raised in Toledo, Ohio. In addition to playing varsity tennis and lacrosse, Reagan graduated high school at the top of her class, and she had planned to go to Ohio State University from the beginning. It was the only school she applied to. It was like her dream school. And initially, she went in as a pre-med student but she shifted her major to psychology. So after she graduated, her parents and her sister actually moved to Florida, and she stayed behind to go to OSU. 
She entered her senior year in 2017, and she was planning for life after college. She wanted to work at the Cleveland Clinic. She was going to continue her education so that she could one day open her own practice or clinic with her psychology degrees. Because her family had moved to Florida, they did keep in close contact with her via phone. Um, Her dad said in an interview that when he hadn't heard from her after 10 p.m., he became concerned that something might be wrong. And he was attempting to get a hold of her until 2 in the morning. He actually had her sister Mackenzie get a hold of all of Reagan's friends that exact night. And was like, hey, have you heard from Reagan? Has anyone talked to her? I haven't, didn't hear from her after work. And that was unusual. Um, but no one had seen or heard from Reagan. The next day, February 9th, Reagan's friend and one of her roommates walked by her bedroom and found it empty. The two usually walked to class together. But it was midterm week, so her roommate thought, well, maybe she just got up early and went to go study. But her bed didn't look like it had been slept in. When no one had heard from Reagan by the afternoon, her family was worried, her friends were worried, and they started really, like, searching for her. And Reagan was, like, a very responsible young woman. She went to class. She went to work. She wasn't doing anything illicit or making enemies. The only thing that seemed maybe out of place was that a few days before Reagan disappeared, she and her boyfriend had broken up specifically so that they could both focus on school. It wasn't even like a nasty breakup. It was like, hey, we're coming down to the end of our senior year. Let's like split up so that we can focus on getting through this. Her roommates went to her job and the manager there ended up filing a missing persons report for her. Shortly after 1 p.m., On the same day that her missing persons report was filed, a man was driving into Sayota Grove Metro Park in Grove City, Ohio, and saw what looked like a mannequin laying in the field. Thought it was strange, so he stopped his car and got out and quickly realized that it, as we probably know, was not a mannequin. It was the nude body of a young woman. He called 911 and waited for police to respond. Detective Richard Forney received the call, and he was one of the first detectives to arrive on the scene. The victim was a young woman in her 20s. She had what appeared to be two gunshot wounds to her head. The first was at the back of her head, and the other was through the left side of her face. She was wearing a necklace and had a small tattoo, but she had no personal belongings in the immediate vicinity of her body. The most notable missing items were bullet casings from the gunshots, and the victim's clothes. In addition to this, the blood pool around her was minimal. Um, So speculation was likely that the park was just the location of where her body had been left, but the crime probably occurred somewhere else. Detective Forney went back to the station with photos of the woman's necklace and tattoos and asked officers to go through the missing persons report to see if any persons matched the victim's description. And the Grove City Police Department sent out a teletype with her description to all the other police departments, hoping that one of them had received a missing persons report. And very quickly, the Columbus PD reached out. They were like, yes, this description matches the description of a missing Ohio State University student, Reagan Tokes. Reagan had been savagely murdered. She had been shot execution style and raped prior to her death. Family was called to identify her. Because her parents were still in Florida. I read that her uncle came and identified her body, um, but her friends confirmed 
photos of her necklace and tattoo saying that they were hers. After her identity was confirmed, investigators went to her work and interviewed her colleagues and everyone said like, yeah, she was here. She worked her shift. No one really noticed her leaving. Surveillance footage from that night captured her exit. She was seen leaving the bar and grill around 943 with her bag. And as they continued to watch the footage, they thought, well, maybe whoever is responsible for this followed her. Maybe they were stalking her and they followed her out of the restaurant or you can see them come up behind her. But no one else had left after Reagan for quite some time. So the dead end continued when they went to the side street where Reagan's car was usually parked. No additional cameras, no evidence. Her car, which was a silver Acura, was also missing. So they concluded that she must have been taken from the street as she was getting in her car, and they took her car as well. The search for her silver Acura started at the park that her body had been discovered in. The park's visitor camera showed her vehicle entering at about 11.53 the night before, and then around midnight, it was seen leaving the park, so just seven minutes later. An APB was put out for her vehicle, and they were really just trying to fill that two-hour gap in her timeline. She left work around 9.45. She pulled to the park at 11.53. So what happened in just those two hours? Detectives used license plate readers and street cameras to eventually locate the car. Um, they got a hit off of those cameras, and they found it only nine miles away from the park where her body was discovered. And it was just parked outside of a random house in a neighborhood. It was seemingly undisturbed. So they were like, oh, well, maybe someone saw who parked this car. But there was nothing. They canvassed the neighborhood. They asked witnesses, and everybody was like, nope, we haven't seen anything. We have no idea whose car that is or who parked it or when it showed up. When they eventually opened the car doors, it was just the overwhelming smell of gasoline. But, good news, there was evidence in there. Tiny little pieces. They found a single cigarette butt just outside of the car and then another unsmoked cigarette in the back seat. Reagan wasn't a smoker. She wasn't the kind of person that would let someone have a cigarette in her car. So the found cigarettes were rushed to the crime lab for analysis. The front seat had two burn marks and paired with that very strong gasoline smell. It was like, oh, someone was trying to torch this car to get rid of the evidence. And they yeah. were unsuccessful in doing that. Um, so in the trunk, they found what's it's described as like an unusual gas container. Like it wasn't like a typical, like, you know, like the red. The red ones that we see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was a little bit different. So they found two gas containers in the trunk. There were three ATM receipts from two different banks, both of which were located a few miles from Reagan's job, and they were time-stamped. All three had different times within an hour of her disappearance. Two receipts showed that transactions had been denied, and the last one showed a successful withdrawal of $60. So time-wise, it looked like this. The first receipt was time-stamped 1002. It was from a Chase ATM three miles away from her job. It was declined for $500, and then 12 minutes later, it was a Huntington ATM. Again, tried to withdraw $500, also declined, and then the, that receipt was timestamped 1014. Police recovered security footage from the ATMs, but the quality of the video was so poor that they, couldn't, they could only really just like make out the 
figure of a person in Reagan's passenger seat. They saw her trying to withdraw the money, but they just couldn't get an image from the camera of whoever was in the car waiting for her. So they're like, okay, let's look into these gas containers. And they start checking stores in the area to check which one sold this specific gas container. And they found 18 stores. And they were just going to all of those while they were waiting for the DNA to come back on these cigarette butts. And the DNA came back. And it immediately had a match. Brian Goldsby. Whoa. Yeah. So, wait, it's, (laughs) oh, man, this guy. Brian Lee Goldsby was a career criminal who had just been released from prison in late 2016. So, like, at the end of 2016, he got out. It's now February 2017. Jesus. Why was he in prison? Let me tell you. Sheila Merwin was outside her Grove City apartment when Goldsby, who was riding a bicycle at the time, stopped, put his hand around her throat, and demanded all of her money. Goldsby took $84 from her purse and just rode away. Two weeks after that, a young mother had parked her car and got out. She was also eight months pregnant. She had opened the back door to retrieve her two-year-old son from his car seat. And as she was reaching in, Goldsby came up behind her, held a knife to her throat, and in front of her two-year-old, forced her to perform oral sex on him. And then got in her... Yeah. Then he got her car made her drive to an ATM and withdraw money and threatened to hurt her son if she didn't. So he let her live, but afterwards she went and filed a report with the police. She identified Goldsby as the person who had done this to her, but as the trial got closer, she refused to testify. And they had to put this case um, with the Sheila Merwin case so that they could offer Goldsby like a plea deal. And he served six years for those two instances. And then he was released on parole with conditions in 2016. So he had to register as a tier three sex offender, among other things. After investigators had canvassed those 18 stores looking for the gas containers, they found the one (laughs) that they were looking for. The clerk had remembered selling the cans to this man sometime after 1 a.m. on February 9th, and he gave them the surveillance footage from that night. And, of course, the individual on tape was Brian Goldsby. They were like, yep, there he is. That's our guy. So Goldsby was homeless when he was released, uh, and he was staying at a halfway house. And when they realized, they were like, oh, okay, well, we know where he is. He's at this halfway house. And they sent a SWAT team in, located him placed him under arrest, and took him to the Grove City Police Department to be interrogated. What's crazy about this is he had an ankle bracelet on. Like, he had an ankle monitor because it was one of the conditions. Yeah. So they could literally map everywhere he went. Right, yes. So they, he had an ankle monitor because of, he had to be a registered sex offender. He had to wear an ankle monitor because he was considered homeless and they wanted to be able to keep track of him. And I'm not 100% sure how ankle monitors work. Like, that's the whole point, right? So that they could GPS and, like, sell you if you're not where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be there. Yeah, typically it's like you have a radius that you can go and then there's an alert that's sent out if you go outside of that radius. Right. That's kind of what I thought. But they took his ankle monitor and they had to send it in 
to pull all the GPS information about it because they didn't know if the GPS was activated on it or not. So I don't know if his if his was under like the same circumstances that we normally hear. We're like, oh, you're on house arrest, so you have to stay in your home or at your job. And if you go outside of those things, then your like alarm's going to go off. Again, I've never had one, so I don't know exactly how they work. I just think of them as like air tag alarms. I do too. During his interrogation, 29-year-old Brian Goldsby was initially not willing to talk. It wasn't until they were like, dude, we have all of this evidence. All of it. And he was like, okay, I'll confess. But his confession was not what they were expecting to hear. Goldsby said that he did kidnap Reagan just as she was about to get into her car after her shift. He said that he forced her to drive to the ATMs because he needed the money, but he was not responsible for Reagan's death. He just wanted the money. He claimed that on the night of, he was with a friend named TJ, and as they were hanging out, TJ had come up with a plan to rob someone. By chance, they saw Reagan leaving after work, and they were like, "That's we're going to rob her. Goldsby then claimed that TJ had a gun, and he used it to threaten Reagan. They went to the first two ATMs, and when Reagan was unable to pull any money out of them, TJ told Brian that he was going to shoot Brian if he didn't rape Reagan. So that's why Brian raped Reagan, because TJ threatened to shoot him. Then, he said, after he had raped her, Goldsby, TJ, and Reagan went back to the first ATM when she was able to get $60 out. TJ then told them to drive to the park where he shot her, and Goldsby and TJ disposed of the gun and bullet casings in different storm sewers before the two of them drove to Cleveland Avenue where TJ lived in a, an, an apartment complex. So this was this whole story, okay? And I'll ask you, do you think TJ is a real person? No. No, fuck no, he's not. You're right. You're absolutely right. No. But, but they, he gave enough, like, indirect evidence that he was involved, and they charged him for the murder. But now they're like, now we have to find all this evidence to prove that there wasn't a second person, that TJ isn't real. So, Colesby's ankle monitor was GPS-enabled, and they pulled all the data from it from February and from February 8th. And the monitor put him at a bus station downtown at around 6 p.m. And then he just spent hours just walking around. Just hours. Around 9.40 p.m., he was in the vicinity of the bar and grill that Reagan worked at. And his speed of travel dramatically increased to about 25 miles per hour shortly after 9.40. At 10.02, he stopped at the Chase ATM. His speed picked up again. 10.14 Huntington ATM, speed picked up again, and then he was stopped in an alley for 12 minutes. And investigators believe that this was the point during which Reagan was being raped. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. The monitor then showed another stop back at that first Chase ATM right after that. So there were two more stops on his ankle monitor. At 11.12 p.m., he was at the Seneca gas station speed picked up and then at 11:41 he was at a Turkey Hill gas station and that second gas station um after that second gas station his next stop was the park where Reagan's body was later found at 1:45 his ankle monitor said that Brian was at a McDonald's but there was no record showing 
that he had been anywhere near Cleveland Avenue, as he had claimed. So detectives were like, oh, this proves that TJ did not exist because you said you went back to his apartment complex and you weren't even close to that area. In addition to that, they were able to recover evidence from the locations that were linked. So like bullet casings, all of that. There was plenty of evidence against him. So the charges brought against him were one count of aggravated murder, one count of kidnapping, one count of rape, seven counts of aggravated battery or aggravated robbery, I'm sorry, two counts of tampering with evidence and one weapons charge. But his trial didn't start until 13 months after the murder. Oof. Yeah. And hit her family pissed, like not happy about how this went down for Brian. They were like, this is not okay. We're going to talk about it at the end a little bit. So Brian's defense, they really thought that they were going to focus on like, oh, there was another person there and this other person was responsible. But his defense did not do that at all. They were just like, let's just avoid the death penalty. Because that's what they were, like, that's what the prosecution was gunning for. They were like, mm -mm, no, we're going to get the death penalty for this guy. So his defense was just like, no, let's do anything we can to avoid that. Like, they knew their client was sunk, and they just didn't want him on death row. Goldsby's girlfriend testified against him and told the court that Goldsby had given her a black Kate Spade purse and a white wallet on the night of February 8th. She had been with him in Reagan's car and he took her to McDonald's to get food at like two in the morning. That was why he was there. And she gave the purse to police and literally in the wallet were all of Reagan's cards and her driver's license. So what a dumbass. Like he's like, here, have this person wallet, but it also has all of her stuff in it still. And like, we love a dumb criminal love a dumb criminal like this motherfucker literally gps his entire crime on the final day of that trial forensic scientists testified that goldsby's sperm was found in tox's body and that tox's dna was also inside of the gun barrel both Goldsby's friend and the mother of his child also testified because Brian had confessed what he did to them. Like, he told them that he was responsible and that he had done this. Where's our festival, fam? It's peak festival season, and what do you need for any festival you hit up besides an outfit that slays? Hydration. You know you're heading to that festival knowing you're going to be super dehydrated when you leave, whether it's from the elements or just some activities you may partake in during that day and night. This is where Liquid IV comes in. Liquid IV hydrates two times faster than water alone with three times the electrolytes of sports drinks. My favorite is how I can just slip one of the convenient pouches into my fanny pack and dance the day away. And with amazing flavors like passion fruit, my fave, guava, and the new strawberry lemonade and sea berry, you really can't go wrong. Liquid IV contains five essential vitamins, vitamin C, B3, B5, B6, B12. I could not be, you see what I did there, any more stoked about this product. And we love a company that gives back. Liquid IV partners with leading organizations for innovative solutions to help communities protect both their water and their futures. To date, Liquid IV has donated over 3 million servings in 50 plus countries around the world. 
What are you waiting for? Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code gruesome at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code gruesome at liquidiv.com. You're already using this product. Why not get a discount on something you already love? So on March 13th, 2018, which should have been Reagan's 23rd birthday, literally on her birthday. The jury came back with a guilty verdict and Brian Goldsby was convicted of kidnap, rape, and murder. The jury, however, could not reach a unanimous verdict um, on the sentencing. So eight of the jury, eight, I'm sorry, eight of the jurors were like, yep, death penalty. And four others were like, no, life sentence. So inevitably, he was sentenced to life without parole. And again, prosecution was actively seeking a death sentence. Um, and during the sentencing hearing on March 21st, they weren't super happy, but the judge did maintain the life sentence without parole. And he is serving his term at Ohio State Penitentiary, which is a supermax prison. Um, Goldsby also confessed to all of the German village robberies. He confessed that TJ wasn't real, that he had made that, that up. No um, surprise, surprise. Shocker. <laughs> Moron. What did he think that thing on his ankle was? Did he think it was just for decoration? <laughs> it was just like, look at this cute jewelry I got after I got yeah, out of it's the so fetch. I love jail. this. So fetch. <laughs> I love this. I love this for uh, me. I know. What, like, a, what a dumbass. Like, they're like, it's not like a dog collar. It's not like it's going to shock you. It's just tracking you. Like, it is dead Every ass tracking. single place you go. Ugh. Yeah, I I have no idea. Um, So he confessed to all the German village robberies, and he got an additional 66-year sentence on top of his life without parole. So he is, <laughs> homie's never getting out. Uh, Reagan's funeral took place on February 15th, 2017, and her remains are buried at Fort Mike Cemetery in her hometown of Maumee. After her death, Reagan's parents and sister accepted a diploma from Ohio State on her behalf, and they also started the Reagan Delaney Tokes Memorial Foundation, which helps students go to college, it teaches self-defense, and helps reduce crime. But in 2018... In May, the Tokes family filed a lawsuit against the Ohio Department of Rehabilitation and Correction, which I'm going to shorten to ODRC. And um, I think it's it's NISRE, but it's all caps. So it's NISRE. I don't know. I'm just going to call it NISRE. Uh, it's the parent company of the exit program that housed Goldsby. So the lawsuit says that the ODRC and the exit program were negligent and they failed to adequately monitor Goldsby. And I agree this with that. led to Tokes' murder. But the lawsuit was dismissed by Ohio's 10th District Court of Appeals. So, on the, because they're essentially trying to say, like, hey, the state fucked up. And they did. They're not wrong. Well, yeah, because, like, how would they, if they were monitoring him, they would have even been like, hey, this, all, he's been where all of these German village robberies have been. Mm -hmm. Like, that's so no... those were, yeah, because they would have been able to pull the data from that as well. And like he yeah. had the bracelet on your right. 
I didn't look into that specific trial for that one because I was more focused on the Reagan's trial. But yes, it would have all been recorded. Everything he had done, everywhere he had been. What an idiot. Ugh, so frustrating. Um, so anyways, that first lawsuit was dismissed. So on May 21st, a year later in 2019, the Tokes family appealed to the Supreme Court of Ohio. And the lawsuit says that ODRC was aware Goldsby posed a substantial risk of harm to others, and they ignored it. And Ohio's Supreme Court announced on August 6, 2019, that they would not hear the Tokes family case against the ODRC. And the justices voted 6-1 to one to not accept it. And the Tokes family's lawsuit against NISRE, that one stayed pending in Franklin County Common Pleas Court. And that trial was supposed to begin in 2020, but they settled it out of court because they were like, they are not going to stop. And they shouldn't. Absolutely No, they shouldn't. They shouldn't. How are you going to have someone who is like a tier three sex offender who doesn't, like, it's not an active monitoring. You can't see in real time where this son of a bitch is going. He can just do whatever he wants. He, he can, can have like and wander around until he finds people to fucking assault and rob and murder and rape. Oh, sorry. You would you would think like with even with like the last two assaults that happened with the robberies or last three assaults with the robberies, they would be like, hey, we have this guy who lives in this area, this halfway house in this area. He has an ankle monitor. Let's just see for shit. Let's just and give it a give it a peek. And he is it's. He's living at this halfway house. Is it he's supposed to stay like in that vicinity of the halfway house? Unless he's like, I would think there would be curfews and stuff like that. He wouldn't be able to just go frolic all fucking night. Like, right. So they're, they're, the family is right. I agree. They did know he posed a substantial risk and they didn't do shit to stop it. They were like, sorry. I do, I do think there are some instances when the lawsuits, are understandable because you have like the family has experienced a tremendous loss and oftentimes in horrific ways i do think sometimes it i don't i know how to say this i've been like a victim shame you, you're right like at, i know like, what you're you trying want to say i'm like, like like you want a reason for it and like you're like i'm going to find someone else that's responsible and that's how the human brain works i would be the same way i would be like yeah you want that closure yeah, anyone who possibly could have had a hand in this, I want to fucking bring down. Like, yeah. And they didn't get the death penalty, which they wanted for him. Mm-hmm. So they're still pissed off about that. And, they're and like, how someone's going to like, pay. Yeah. And I would be infuriated if something like that happened to one of my kids. And I found out that the person responsible had a goddamn ankle monitor on the whole time and like had been responsible for all of these oh, yeah. robberies and assaults leading up to it. Like, and they hadn't the- been like, oh, let's just see. Like, let's do anything. Yeah, I'd be pissed. Yeah. And the halfway house that he lives in, I mean, I don't know how that one is, but I know how a lot of like, especially like the recovery houses that are essentially like house arrest to like addicts and stuff who get out. They're like strict mm-hmm. curfews. Like it's it's like you have to be in at this time. You have to do this. I don't yeah, so know. So how's this many- dude taking his fucking girlfriend to McDonald's at two in the morning? Yeah. When he's like, supposed to be back. Just- and also like what's the point of having an ankle bracelet on if it doesn't fucking do anything other than after the fact like oh, that's what i was wondering too they had to send it in to pull the data are there ankle bracelets that they're like 
they just put it on there, but they're just for looks. They're like, maybe this will I don't scare know. them straight. I've always seen like, I mean, honestly, my cousin had an, like, she um, has re- since recovered, but when she was in active addiction and like she had um, went to jail, she had an ankle monitor, I'm pretty sure. And like, she couldn't go places. That's what if- I thought. Like, I, if you have one, you have to stay within like certain places, like home or work. And if you're not there, you have to be going to there or you have like, and if not, like because I just always pictured like them, they're going to come find it, you. Yeah, it's like house arrest. And if you're like, okay, well, they're, you know, they're without a home. They are living in this halfway house. You're telling me that I can go to prison, get out and be like, oh, sorry, I don't have a place to live and still just do whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That makes zero sense to me. Especially, it would be different if they were genuinely like without a home, like if they were, you know, living out in the elements versus like, you know, they are in this halfway house, you know where they are. To me, that's not. You literally took a SWAT team in there and got him. You were like, yep, he's here. Yeah. Like you knew where he was. That's awful. And I hate that. So they did these lawsuits and then Tokes' parents also started working with lawnmakers to address what they believe and they are correct. They see it as a systemic failure that led to her mm-hmm. murder. Um, so in 2018, the Reagan-Tokes Act was introduced um, in the Ohio House and Senate. In December 2018, part of the Reagan-Tokes Act was signed into law by um, Governor Keitch, Keitch, Kasich? Is it Kasich? It's Kasich. Kasich, yeah. <laughs> Governor Kasich. And then under the Reagan-Tokes Act, offenders are presumed to be released at the end of their minimum term. Um, to extend the prison term, ODRC has to hold, like, administrative hearings and find, like, they have to track what they're doing and say, like, oh, this is the improper conduct. This is, they are a continued threat to society. So you are going to be placed in extended restrictive housing. Um or what's classified as level three, four, five, or higher security. And he was a three. So he was at a higher mm-hmm. level. And he should have been in extended restrictive housing. So they really worked hard to make sure that stuff went into. And it's still being, like, adjusted. I saw that there were some changes made to it in, like, 2019. But really oh, um, sad and unfair. I was like, what a get- what a bright light that she... Mm-hmm. was you know she was almost done with school she had her entire life that she was going to like dedicate to um like psychology and helping people and getting people healthy and she was taken for 60 dollars. and i hate i i always get like extra like it fucks me up even more when it is a victim of chance it's just wrong place at wrong time there was no rhyme there was no reason for it how many Obviously- times has she just walked out of work before yeah, and obviously, like, she didn't have them. I mean, she's a college student. Like, not many college students are, like, rolling around. <laughs> Going to have $500, yeah. Definitely not Dude, in your I would, bank account if you're a server. No, I remember being in college and even, like, around that age and being like, whoop, I got $20. I can eat, like, dollar cheeseburgers, like, this night, this night, and this night. And it's... <laughs> and ramen the other nights. Like, that's... Yeah. Yes, Absolutely. Or just like, oh my God. well, I paid my rent, so now I have to eat my roommate's food for another week until I get paid again. Like, mm-hmm. And yeah. I do, um, 
I know like Columbus is a big city anyways. I understand there are areas that are not safe, like all in all big cities and actually anywhere really these days. But I was always under the impression that Ohio State was a safe campus. Like that's a nice, I mean, that area is really nice. So, and the fact that this happened so recently is Mm -hmm. also like, why is this, why is this happening in 2017? I have no reason for that. I feel safer in Columbus than I do like Dayton or Cincinnati. I always just think of Columbus as like the nicer one. It's the capital, right? And then Cle- yeah, I believe so. Yeah. I think shit. I don't <laughs> You're know. A transplant. I'm not, you don't keep that on the top. I'm of a transplant. Head. I don't know. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it is. Let me check real quick. Someone's gonna be like, You don't know that. No, dude. I live in my little Sorry, world. Sorry, I'm not doing Ohio Ohioan trivial pursuit. Yeah, it is Columbus. It's the fourteenth largest city in the US. Good for them. You're, they've had three capital silly, cities, uh, Chillicothe, Zanesville, and Columbus. Chillicothe. Chillicothe <laughs> now it is early... Ohioan Trivial Pursuit. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Chillicothe is a weird area. It's like uh, I used to have to drive through there when my in-laws lived in Kentucky for like a year. And it is. I forgot about that. Yeah. It was, oh, that was a weird time. But it's like. Uh, <laughs> we're. Like, the further south you get in Ohio, the more, like, hilly it is. Like, the more mm-hmm. that like flat. Like forested right like and, flat. yeah. Yeah. So, it's, like, it's a whole different, it's, like, a whole different climate down there. It's really pretty, though. That's, that's how it is in Indiana, too. Like, you get down south and mm-hmm. it's not the same state. Like, if I look and out I'm all of the like... windows of my house right now, it's all just cornfields. I'm sorry, there's soybeans across the street. Yeah. Where I live, like... This part of it is pretty flat. And then it's Mm -hmm. like you cross 75 and like get further down on 70. And it's just like, zoop, 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 more hills. (laughs) Oh, hello, world. Hello, how are you? But it's because of the glaciers. It's because of the glaciers and the Great Lakes. It's really interesting geography. Dude, I know people shit on the Midwest, but I really love this area. (laughs) I know. I uh, I really love it. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. Like, pretty much from January until March. Those three months. I'm like, now it's been like April. Yeah, it has. It's cold as shit. Dude. Like, I want it to be cold for Christmas. I want snow for Christmas. That makes sense to me. That's the only day I should snow. (laughs) Just full snow. Like, I love a Sunday morning when you get up and there's that blanket of snow and it's like, before, and you make coffee. Ugly, it's and so cozy. You just sit and watch, and you're like, this is a Harry Potter day. I'm going to watch this, this is shit a Harry out of Harry Potter. Potter. Moment. Oh, this is it. I'm going to watch it. And it's then December only, though. People, yeah. And then people start driving in it, and I'm like, yeah, then it turns brown. And then by and March, like, you're like, dude, get the fuck over this. Like, get me out of here. I hate the snow. <laughs> and I hate uh, like I I want to be one of those moms that goes out there and plays in the snow, but that's just not who I'm built to be. <laughs> that's not who you are. Mm-mm. You gotta catch me on the Normally I do. Normally I'm out there playing in the snow. I know you're really great about it, but I am I, in my heart. I'm like mm, I don't want to do this anymore after I'll, about ten minutes. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't even have 10 minutes in me. <laughs> you like step out I and think, you're like, well, smell you later, nerds. 
I think a lot of mine is like being neurodivergent and like being extra sensitive to like being uncomfortable. And I hate to be uncomfortable. Like I hate like I hate walking outside in the rain. Like I hate like being clothed and being like snowy, like being freezing outside. Like I don't like that. And like in the summertime, I hate to sweat. I hate to be like I hate being it makes me like like, even if I just, like, yeah. get out of the shower and, like, my body is wet, but I'm not in the water, I'm like, no, I'm done. Dry me. It's like the ick. Yeah. Oof. It's awful. Even at I Taylor Swift it. last week, it was the best time of my life, and I still complained the entire time about <laughs> how hot it was. <laughs> oh, you're a weenie. Well, did it rain? I know you were worried about it. Nope. Yeah, we didn't get any rain. It was really hot and humid. Um, One of the girls I went with was, like, <laughs> she was over my shit complaining about their <laughs> like how like, she was like you're fine and I was like no dude I'm gonna die like this doesn't is how she I die. know that fucking... like that's just what you get that's part of the package that's the Connie package yeah that's part of me that's part of the package you can be like perfectly fine with it but I keep my house a cool 68 degrees and in this winter time when it's like freezing balls it's 72 degrees like I don't like to be uncomfortable. <laughs> but at least when you complain, you're funny about it. You're not just like whining. You're making jokes oh. generally. And I am, I will never like make so like if you are happy with the temperature outside, I will never be like, hey, I'm going to go sit somewhere else. Like you need to as well. I'm a, yeah, you do your thing. That's fine. But dude, look, I'm not sitting out here in the sun. I'm going to find a cool <laughs> shaded spot. And I don't give a fuck if I have to sit there by myself. Like, I will. I'd like it better thing. that way. Actually, yes, please. Let me sit in <laughs> peace and quiet. Be cool. And then I'm going to look around to everyone else who's sitting in the shade and be like, dude, can you believe how hot it is? Like, it's so freaking hot. Like, it's I'm so dying. gross out, right? Um, I couldn't even when- drink. That's how hot it was. I was like, I can't even have a beer. This <laughs> That's a big me. thing for you. Like that you couldn't, that yeah, you couldn't I do that. Uh, I just That's felt a shame. all day. When it gets warm, I'm immediately like, all right, it's patio time. We sit outside no matter where we go. And then it hits right about now. And I'm like, I would rather die. Put me in the air conditioning. I will not be eating mm-hmm. in the heat. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Like I'm already going to be <laughs> sweating from eating. I have you're not a little bit you just have things that you prefer and that's okay I was already like how can I get out of the Shania Twain concert next week because it's gonna be 85 like how do I but you know Mm. what it is I don't like to be sweaty and I do not like other sweaty people to touch me oof no like Mm -mm. I'm damp and then now you're damp and like touching me and like when our damps mix that's toxic poison don't touch me there's one situation I can think of in period where that type of <laughs> perspiration is okay and it's not at a fucking concert it's not walking down the street it's not just like could be. sitting and could be could be could be not at an 85 like, degree concert <laughs> no honey no i was so gross by the time i was done i was like oh it was just yeah, not i liked not it. the last concert i was at it was in an, like an arena like a stadium and it was like it stayed pretty cool it was pretty nice it wasn't too bad that's Damn why I'm it. thankful Stevie and Billy Joel's inside. Is it inside? I didn't know if it was like open air. Yeah, it's at the Schuster. Yeah, it's the Schuster Center. It's inside. Mm-hmm. Nice. I'm excited for that. Dude, I just, I hate to be sweaty. 
I hate it. Like okay, I'm thinking about it now and like getting fired up. You're like, I'm, I'm mad. I'm mad that I'm going to be sweaty in the future. It was hot last weekend at the campground and everyone was like sitting by the fire and I dead ass went to bed Ew. at like 9 p.m. because my camper was like air conditioning. I was like, all right, that'll be it for me, guys. You don't have to worry about me. <laughs> Bedtime, babies. I Bedtime. like campfires for a minimum amount of time. Like, mm-hmm. I, I like just, it in the fall. Like, like, I'll sit by one all night. Yeah, for sure. Fall campfires are where it's at. Summer, I'm like, my hair is going to stink and it's not going to be worth it. I'm going to make this s'more. Yeah. I'm going to dip. Mm-hmm. I can feel myself. Like, you know when you're being annoying. Like, you know when you're like, I'm <laughs> oh, being I a know. lot right now. I'm very familiar. I'm an annoying human being. I just felt myself being annoying last week, like complaining so much. And it's like, usually I would rather die than have confrontation these days because I had too much of it growing up. So I was like, I won't say anything. I'm just going to keep it to myself. And then I was like, I can't. It was like word vomit. It was like I was loving the show and I would talk about how great it was and then immediately <laughs> complain about how freaking hot it was. Oh, man, that was such a beautiful moment. It's hot, right? It's so sweaty. Yeah, like, can you believe how hot it is? Like, can, I'm so sweaty and gross. Like, I have swab ass right now. Like, anybody else? Anybody else? Can't wait to go to no? okay. summer with you. Can't Dude, wait. You know, it's... And what's weird is, like, it wasn't like this. Actually, I was. I was absolutely still like this in high school when we would go to Warped Tour. I would still, I mean, I wouldn't take any money or drink any water. Like, I would just complain and be sweaty. Yeah. But I would yes. still absolutely complain. I remember many times when you looked at me disgustedly because I was probably going to touch you with my sweatiness. <laughs> I remember going to Warped Tour with, like, a boyfriend the same year you, like, dove into the mud pit. Oh, that's <laughs> a good time. And I was. I could tell he was over my shit, too, because I was just... It was, like, midday. There were still so many people left to see it. I was like, I can't do this. Like, I have to leave. This is too much. You were already 30 when you were 17. Yeah, I was like, this is too <laughs> much. I need, like, uh, like something. I, I need something, and it's not this place I need right convenience. I need comfort. Mm-hmm. I, you know... Well, we were talking about, like, she was telling my husband about how much I complained about it and he's like honestly I'm surprised she stayed he's like I'm surprised she stayed like he doesn't live with you and no <laughs> you're like yeah, yeah that's, that's her what, what the fuck are you talking about that, that that's her that's she loves that's what to, you signed a, up for I am a comfort queen like I have to have all of my environment 100% the way I like it I was instantly like man I should have went to one of the earlier shows I should have went to one of the stadium shows that had like it was indoors like what the fuck did I sign up for they had like this big like they call it tailgate like they were a lot of people were like tailgating it was like this huge oh I know I had friends that went but like weren't there for the show they just went to yeah and like Cincinnati like really did the damn thing for it it was awesome but I wanted zero part of that because it was so hot and there was like 20,000 extra people in addition to the bajillion people that were at like actually 20,000 yeah, 20,000 people came out to just tailgate for the concert. And it was, Cincinnati was packed. And I was like, mm-mm. Did it's you, sweaty. what did you do? Did you just drive up later? No, we, I just went, like, we just went straight in. Like, I, it was so fucking hot. 
I like when I say I found a corner, I'm not exaggerating. Like I literally found a corner that was shaded in the stadium and sat my ass on the cement. I did not watch any <laughs> of the opening acts. And I love Gracie Abrams and I did not watch any of that. I literally sat in the shade until Taylor came on. <laughs> You're fun. I'm not fun. Like I already know I'm not fun. Like not in situations like that. We're going to I'm Ikea like, tomorrow, and that'll be fun because it's air conditioning. That will be fun. It's air conditioning. <laughs> I had made the comment. I was like, oh, yeah, if it's hot, I'm not going to go to Shania Twain. And my friend was, like, laughing, and Zach's like, no, I'm serious. Like, she may not go. Like, <laughs> that's like a good. Taylor Swift be is the only one. packed, so. I'm nervous. I'm going with my mom, and she was offering to drive, but I have to have that escape plan because I don't Yeah, like you need to be able to leave at any moment. Yeah, I don't like pruning else's time but i will dead ass roll out like this has been fun but not yeah catch me in the fall <laughs> speaking of the fall the eagles are going on tour with steely dan i know my husband loves steely dan so much he wants to go but i already have aerosmith tickets fall so you're really like, sorry i can only see one classic rock band a year. classic rock band a year. <laughs> already taking making me go to zz top with you you got two kiss is gonna be around you could really make it like a classic rock fall dude kiss that was the drunkest i have ever been was at a kiss concert and that checks out like you should do that at a kiss concert in my life the drunkest i have ever been was at this kiss concert we okay look you know me i'm not a pda girl I no, was like you're not making out with my husband at this concert. Like <laughs> gross snap the next is like eh. but there was this guy, as many people do, dressing up like kiss members. Kiss, yeah. And I thought no, he I know where this was is going. Demon. I thought he was. <laughs> I was so like I like stumbled back and I showed my, Look at this guy. Well, yeah. you're embarrassing. I was, I was like, <laughs> I met Mintz. Look at him. And one, this guy was like 13 feet tall. He definitely was. Like, <laughs> I saw a picture. If you guys all want to see it, I will post the picture. Yeah, on please our post it. I would yeah. love to see it. This guy that I thought was Gene Simmons. And then when I realized <laughs> he was a fake, I just called him Bean Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh. That's I met hilarious. Bean Simmons. Bean Simmons is my, that should be a roller derby name. Like if we want to come full circle here, Bean Simmons, that's perfect. Roller derby. And that's a good place to stop. Well, I think so. Let's wrap it up. Bye. See you guys. Thank you so much for listening to Gruesome Horrific True Crime, a Zencaster powered podcast. Seriously, we wouldn't be here without them. Zencaster is simple to use and makes it easy to edit your own podcast. Zencaster gives you automatic, high-quality post-production sound, transcription, and HD video recordings of all of your episodes. If you want to start a podcast, and we think you should, click the link in the show notes or at our website and use the code GRUESOME with a capital G for 30% off your first three months. We love you, beautiful strangers. And if you love us too, here are some ways that you can support Gruesome. Please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcast or a five-star rating on Spotify. This helps other true crime connoisseurs find us. 
follow us at Gruesome Podcasts on Instagram or TikTok and talk to us on our posts. Join the Patreon. Sign up to join our True Crime Sticker of the Month Club and gain access to bonus episodes and exclusive Patreon perks. Or if a one-time donation is more your thing, we have a Venmo at Gruesome Podcast and a PayPal via our email, gruesomepodcast at gmail.com. Speaking of which, we love hearing from you. It seriously makes our whole life. So send us your questions, comments, suggestions, or just ask our opinion on whether that person you met on Tinder is a serial killer or not. Tune in next week and don't forget, lock your windows, lock your doors, and on Wednesdays, we're we're gruesome. gruesome. Bye. Bye. (laughs)